Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bombas socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. You are now entering a critical thinking zone. So thinking caps are required beyond this point. From deep behind enemy lines, deep in the heart of the Midwest, it's your host, Andrew Coppins. And it's time for Critical Thinking. The truth about gender ideology, a second railroad company decides to strike. It's a Deep Dive Thursday. I'm Andrew Coppins. He's Patrick Oni. Yes, at the Pat Oni Show, at the Coppins Show, criticalthinkingshow.com. And of course, you can follow this show by watching us every single Monday through Friday over at our Rumble page, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, rumble.com backslash critical thinking, rumble.com backslash critical thinking. Did you just use my full name? Yes, I did to see if you were paying attention. Why would you do that? Um, a little bird me told me that you enjoy when people call you Patrick. No, that's not probably what the little bird told you. I mean, I don't care if people do. My wife does. Mm-hmm. But, but, but my mother, on the other hand, insists that people call me by my full name. Because that supposedly is my name. It's not Pat. I'm like, you realize it's a little easier to roll off the tongue in, in radio, right? And she's like, I don't care. It's your full name. <laughs> Mind you, everybody on my dad's side of the family calls me calls me Pat, too. So it's just like. As long as they're not calling you late for dinner. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Somebody doesn't like being called Patrick. I don't really care, to be honest. Yeah, people ask me that all the time. Do you like be calling Andrew or Andy? And professionally, I think Andrew works better, so I, I do that. It sounds more dignified, if you will, than sure. Andy. Andy. Now I will say this: Do not ever call me Drew. Do not. Okay, Drew. I'm going to fly to Utah <laughs> and punch you directly in the mouth. <laughs> 
What? So what? Okay, curious. What's wrong with Drew? If my parents wanted to name me Drew, they would have named me Drew. You're lopping off half of my name. And more importantly, uh, growing up, uh, when I was very young, there was a a Drew that um, until we got to like, I think fifth grade graduation, never knew that he was an Andrew as well. And then decided that we were going to be best friends because we were both Andrews and he was really annoying and terrible. So. Wait a minute. Uh Wait a minute. Mm -hmm. Drew is actually, I mean, most people that I I knew as Drew growing up, I mean, their full name was Andrew. And Uh how is, how is Andrew, just out of curiosity, how is Andrew going by Drew cutting off half your name and Andy not cutting off half your name? It's not cutting off the front half of that name. (laughs) <laughs> and more importantly so you, the, the you, individual who shared that name with me was super awful have you ever had that like growing up somebody goes by either pat or patrick and you go uh, no yeah. we can't do that anymore yeah that that was me I'm, I'm not going by drew you are not doing that to me and if my parents wanted to call me drew they would have end of story pat trick okay it just the the logic is is not is isn't there, but whatever you know. It's not about you like logic. What you like. It's about feelings, Pat. It's about feelings, not about logic. Speaking of which, it is time for us to deep dive on this Thursday into um, logic versus feelings. And over the course of the last week or so, Matt Walsh has made a ton of headlines. Really, over the last couple of months, and. And really, over the last six months, if we if we really want to go back to when he came out with uh, "What Is a Woman," right, the the documentary, yeah, asking a very vital question of our society. Apparently, today, some would have suggested just five years ago that that would have been a a mockumentary, but no, this was a real thing, right? But over the course of these last six months, we've really been introduced to gender ideology and gender theory, right? And that's ultimately where Matt Walsh kind of exposed this, right? This is some sort of an academic theory that we're supposed to have to put into practice in a larger societal uh, construct, right? Mm -hmm. And we have talked about this from from the perspective of, I look at this, it is as simple as there's a objective reality and these people's subjective reality. Objective reality is the truth. It is pursuit of the truth. There is a definitive objective goal here. Okay. There is not an objective. There is objective truth because they're different, right? Subjective is a subjective truth is my truth, my feelings. I think, therefore, this is the truth. No, this is not a way for society to operate in any way, shape, or form. This is not constructive. This is destructive to our society. Am I wrong, Pat? Please help me. No, not at all. Nope, you are not wrong. So we've seen this, but over the past week or so, Matt Walsh has led three big things. Number one, he had that rally in Nashville, um, basically wanting to ban... um, transing all the kids, if you will, in terms of actual 
um, surgery to lop off breasts and tits and bits, as I like to call it. Right. Mm -hmm. Lopping them off. Right. Mm -hmm. We're going to do that to kids. That's gender mutilation and that's child mutilation. um, More importantly. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. he does that. The quote unquote trans community, which oftentimes isn't people who are trans at all, by the way. Have you noticed that? It's all the allies. It's 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 a very weird thing to be caring about, if you will, if you are not trans yourself. It is weird. Very weird. For, for, in my viewpoint. Now, you do you as an adult. That's fine. You want to protest this? Go ahead. I'm not going to stop you, right? But I am going to say this, Pat. Matt Walsh has done a great job of exposing the insanity of these people, right? We talked about this earlier right. this week with the, the mm-hmm. story of people ripping up and then eating the Bible. Now, I'm going to have, um, fast forward to tomorrow. I'm going to have a response to this as my best story of the week. Okay. Um, Because there's more to the story than just ripping up some random Bible and eating it. Okay. So I want people to understand that. But we've exposed their insanity. We have exposed them for being the radicals that they are. But my question has always been, what the hell do they actually believe in? Like, what are the the core principles and tenets, if you will, of what they actually believe. What we're supposed to believe is reality based on their subjective truth, right? Right. So Matt Walsh put an article together, or the Daily Wire did, and and Matt Walsh has kind of dealt with four big topics, and I wanted to kind of go into these as well because I think it's important for us to understand, if you will, the barbarians that are at our gate or the the radicals amongst us. Because if you don't understand it, they will run you over. Because that's exactly what they want to do. They don't want you as a part of society. They believe you to be a danger to society. Because to them, objective truth is a danger to society. So we're going to go through those here in the first part of the show, we're going to deep dive into them. And the very first tenet or core principle, if you will, is that sex and gender, 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 sex and gender are not identical. Pat, for me, this one is as simple as, I think we've talked about this one a little bit. But for me, they are identical in so much as what are they trying to uh, or what are they attempting to do? They are attempting to strip biology and sociology from each other, right? Right. Whereas one is a bio, they're trying to say one is a biological construct, the other one is a social construct. Correct. Right. Except for they get the idea of gender wrong. Gender is a linguistic construct. Gender is meant to help us understand how we are speaking to each other and whom we are speaking about. Right? Right. Right. 
it's why you have like like if you look at the french language for example you have a feminine and masculine form based upon who you are talking to and what you're talking about now matt walsh points out some really good things on the sex gender separation if you will Mm -hmm. and i agree with him i don't have any use for the term gender other than in a linguistic form english is different in that we we use direct gendering of language right like we're going to say she he him you know they them right now if Mm -hmm. you were to go into germanic languages or romance languages right the gendering of language is in how you change a word right it 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 is difficult for somebody who's only learned English as an adult to get foreign languages, especially romance languages, because it's hard for us to process how to gender a word. That doesn't exist in the English language. We use prepositional gendering, right? We use gendering of nouns or prepositions, but we don't use the actual verb as a gendered thing. Right. So he he says that he's got no use for the term gender. And again, I would look, look to this. Where did this term come from? For the vast majority of my life, the only time I've ever heard this is in learning of a foreign language, right? When I took German class, you learned how to gender nouns and prepositions and verbs. Right. You learned how to do it because like, they, them, there is different for men and women. How you would uh how you would address that, or a feminine and masculine. And that's the thing with the gendered language, it is not necessarily male and female, it is feminine and masculine in most languages. Right. That's not gender per se, but it is a linguistic construct. But he points out that. It is the people who advocated for that split of sex and gender before they actually collapse it, right? Like, think about today, right? We're not supposed to be able to tell a man and a woman apart anymore, right? Right. Okay. So gendering is if what? In their social construct, right? It is that men and women are interchangeable that you can be fluid and move out of manhood and womanhood and one day you feel like a man the next day you feel like a woman and i'm supposed to address you as that right and it's all a social linguistic construct right and therefore it's a fluid situation but as matt walsh points out if you did still form a definitional distinction between sex and gender and this is a key point then you would also have to affirm that there is, in this world, a binary category of men and women, of male and female, and that those who belong to one group cannot cross into the other. There is a distinction between the two, whether you like that or not. You are still making the distinction. Whether you believe in the fluidity of the feminine and the masculine um, social construct, if you will. I love this point. You are arguing that a man can become a woman and a woman can become a man. And you have to gender them correctly 
but you're still believing there's a binary construct. Yet gender theory and transgender activists, right, they won't affirm that position. Because there's no distinction between a trans woman and a woman, right, to them. There's no distinction. It's just a, a, a sleight of hand. That's what this is. This is to get you to try to accept some sort of a construct a social construct that doesn't exist in objective reality. Right, Pat? Like, for me, like I look at this from that same perspective. It, even, if I'm to accept, even if I'm to accept your premise that people can become a male or a female, right, in a trans way, you're still telling us there's the binary of a man and a woman. So, well... I mean, it's not wrong. Here's the key rub in this, Pat. What we have done is, because I have a more feminine or a more masculine personality or social traits, or I'm a tomboy, right? Or I'm more prissy, if you will, right? Suddenly, I have to now be labeled as I'm a man or I'm a woman. What we're really talking about is personality. As Matt Walsh says, I see only men and women, males and females. Each individual in their group could have a different way of being expressing, of being and expressing themselves and understanding the world. I 100% agree with that, right? That is very true. But we don't need the word gender to describe it. Because that is actually no. called personality. What we're really telling the world is that personality is now sex, and sex is now personality. No. Well, and, and it brings up the question of, <clears throat> as, as you're going through adolescence and puberty, were you able to navigate through all of the changing of hormones and emotions that are happening within your body during that time period? And, and did you have parents to, and, and, or a support system of some kind to help you navigate through those things? I mean, it, it's, it's one of those things. I think if you're not careful with it and you don't try to understand it, you know, it, mm -hmm. it becomes distorted by, what we are now seeing in our society, right? Uh, you, you, you feel you're a man and you feel more feminine. You must be gay and or a woman, right? That's not necessarily true. Mm -hmm. There are feminine men. There are masculine women. Um, there are, you know, like, like you said, the tomboy, right? There's, I mean, I have a sister-in-law. She does not like to wear dresses. Mm -hmm. She's not gay. She just, you know, she's just more fem or more masculine that way. Right. There is just it, 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 when we're talking about a social construct, are, are we understanding how our emotions and our um, how we've gone through all, all right. of all of the puberty and adolescence and, and how that plays a role into that social construct and how do we direct that and i think what's what's ultimately happened is you have those in academia 
and those that are pushing this radical ideology that are pushing this and making it more and more into a fad to where it's becoming more and more accepted by those that aren't trans, by the way. Right. And so, ultimately, what I am finding here, Pat, is if you take a look at the gender theory, the right. trans ideology, whatever you want to call it, okay? You look at the crowd. Are they or are they not pigeonholing people into you must fit into category X, Y, Z? Yes, they are. They're pigeonholing people into it based off of personality traits versus biological realities. The affirmation that they're seeking is actually pigeonholing people. If you are this way, you must identify as this and, and you know, blah, 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 blah. They're ultimately putting you into buckets, and they're not treating you as an individual. Right. It's very simple. Okay, you're a little bit different than the norm. So what? Everybody is in some way, shape, or form. As you go right. on in life, as you find out, like, are there social constructs and social norms? Yes. Maybe people are different than those. But, but, if you like Magic the Gathering at the age of 40, right? Okay, that was a game that I played growing up or tried to play, didn't get it, don't don't care for it. I was a sports guy more than a uh, fictional fantasy card game guy, mm-hmm. right? Right. Mm-hmm. But hey, that's you. You do you, right? If you're still 40 years old and, and whooping ass at uh, Magic the Gathering events, I personally, a little strange. Go for it. But go for it, right? Mm-hmm. You do you, bro. But would I label you a pedophile? No. Right? But that's exactly what the trans and gender ideology or gender theory people would have you believe, right? If you are different than the norm, you must become this other social construct. That's ultimately what they're saying. Not not to mention, you know, when, when people are trying to go through this whole gender transition ideology type deal how many of them i wonder have had problems with anxiety depression um other mental illnesses that they never got help for because there's a taboo or a um stigma when it comes to addressing these kinds of topics feelings Mm -hmm. um you know etc you know, and, and then and then then the end result becomes I go through and I self mutilate myself to make myself feel better, which isn't the answer. But and, and, how I mean, many we see that how many in of normal society anyway with plastic surgery and yada yada yada? Right. I mean, take a look at Kim and Courtney Kardashian, right? Could you tell who they were today from pictures ten years ago? No, because they look com- like completely different people. Why? I have no idea what's going on in their heads. I would suggest that there's a lot of psychological trauma and damage in their heads, and that's right. manifesting itself this way. But I'm not a psychologist. I I just happen to have slept at a Holiday Inn last night. I, right. I'm just I'm just saying I'm just asking these questions. I'm not I'm not saying one now, way or the other. I'm the, like the just second, how many? Because we should get you know? into this. The second objection to the objective reality position of Matt Walsh, right, is this: that you say that women can get pregnant. But what about women that cannot get pregnant? Because the argument that Matt Walsh uses is that um, 
the definition of a woman is a female with biological reproductive parts that would allow them to become pregnant, right? Mm-hmm. That's a pretty basic biological definition, right? Pretty, yeah. I mean, it's it's inartful, if you will, but if if we're without getting into the technical biological ling- language and and all that stuff, that is a good social way of putting it, right? What's a man? A man is is somebody of male characteristics who can um who has male reproductive organs who can reproduce. So their argument is, well, what if a woman can't get pregnant? Are they not a woman? This for me is the dumbest of the objections to the objective reality of biology, right? Right. So Matt Walsh does this, Pat, and I think this is a great, great example. Humans are often, if you were to biologically describe a human, right, one of the immutable characteristics is that we're a bipod, right, that we're bipedal. It makes us distinctly different than other um, biological cousins, if you will, right? Chimpanzees are not bipedal, for instance, right? They use all four of their limbs to move. We don't, right? We're, we're not on our hands and feet moving where chimps are, gorillas, you know, that type of stuff, right? When we look at the biologically, um, genetically close cousins of humankind, right? Okay, so somebody is an infant. Infants can't walk. They crawl first before they can walk. Are they not humans then? Is somebody has to have a a leg amputated? Are they not human anymore? Naturally speaking, unless there is a issue at birth, right? We naturally come with two legs, right? Unless there's a deformity, a disease, an accident. Right. Those humans without two legs should have had two legs. They're still humans. So what if a woman can't get pregnant, Pat? Does that make her not a woman? No. Because her her sex organs, right? The organs of biology. Well, what if she was born without ovaries? Again, she was supposed to have been born with them. That is a deformity. That is a situation of biology. There's a reason why we also have uh, chromosomes that die, uh, that assign us our gender right no they don't Women assign us our gender they assign us our sex sorry sex okay you correct you, you, excuse me language right it does matter here right it does matter you're right so women are born with the xx chromosome men are have the xy you know it's it's a biological thing that helps determine what your sex is and so to say that, well, if a woman can't have babies, 
or is born without ovaries isn't a woman would be inaccurate because if she still has the XX chromosome, she is still fundamentally a woman. And not only that, but Pat, there are hundreds of thousands, if not millions of women who have biological issues getting pregnant. Right. And that has been the case throughout humankind, right? Mm -hmm. We just know more about why that happens, right? There are biological realities, right? So for instance, if a woman goes to the doctor and is having trouble getting pregnant, right? It is likely that the doctor can pinpoint or eventually pinpoint the issue that leads to this, whether that's biological or a disease or a diet or whatever have you, right? She should be able to get pregnant. A man goes to the doctor and says, I can't get pregnant. The doctor is going to look at the man and say, no shit, Sherlock, because you don't have the bits to be able to do that. It's impossible. Can you impregnate a woman? Yes, you can. But you have no ability, zero zilch, nada. Even if you were to trans and lop stuff off and and do a vaginoplasty, right? You still could not get pregnant because you don't do what, Pat? Produce the things that help in that process. Right. It is a biological reality. Again, this is insane. Well, what about the women who can't get pregnant? No, no shit. But they they still should be able to. They have all of the equipment to be able to, including, so for instance, one great example of this is somebody who can't produce eggs, right? Does that make them not a woman and suddenly they're a man? No. That's what you're arguing if you if you use this as the objective to object or objection to objective reality when it comes to sex. Well, go back to go back to when uh, when Matt Walsh was on Dr. Phil and he brought up the point of, you know, a hundred years from now, when we're all bones, they can be able to tell which one was a man and which one was a woman. We won't know what they thought in the head, but we can tell based on their bones of which was which. Absolutely. So, Pat, here's what I want to do. Uh, we still have two more of these arguments to get through. So before we get into them, I want to play the B or not the B. And um, yeah, I think that's the route that we should go. Cool okay, with you? Let's do it. So normally, Pat, here on the B or not the B, we're, we're going we're gonna to play a game, right? We're going to have a little bit of fun and uh, see if we have the Babylon beer or not the B. But uh, today we're going to forego that, okay? This is still brought okay. to you by Coffee Brand Coffee.com, by the way. Coffee Brand Coffee.com. Go check it out. Um, they've got some really great um, fall flavors out there for you. Again, I, I can't emphasize this enough. This is about supporting a business that just wants to do coffee. They don't want to involve politics. They don't want to involve uh, a political bent, right? They just want objective reality, if you will. And they just want to do coffee good. More importantly, this is a small batch roaster. They don't roast uh, and then have it sitting in bins and they go pick the bin. No, they roast it as you order it. So you're going to get high quality, fresh roasted coffee at coffeebrandcoffee.com. Enter the promo code critical thinking at checkout 
for 5% off of your purchase. Again, that's coffeebrandcoffee.com, 5% off of your purchase with critical thinking at checkout. Um, but we're going to forego that, Pat, because this is going to be not the B. But I, is there anything better? This is my question to you, Pat. Is there anything better than an Alibeth Stucky parody? No, because she is an absolutely lovely, lovely person and also very funny. And if you ever wonder how a Christian can do comedy, um, this is the Democrats campaign commercial for 2022. Hi, I'm the spokesperson for the Democratic Party, and I'm here to tell you why you need to vote blue this November. It's been a crazy few years, and after getting that former guy out of office through totally legitimate means, we've finally been able to get some work done for the American people. Led by our vivacious president, the country is better off than it was before. Sure, you can't afford to feed your family, but let's take a step back and look at the big picture. The first priority for our devoutly Catholic president is to make it easier to dismember babies in the womb. Empathy. Our foreign policy has been, well, perfect. Just a few months after Joe Biden took office, America brought Afghanistan back to its tribal roots, reviving their classic culture. Some people criticize our immigration policy, which is basically to incentivize poor migrants to cross the border by refusing to enforce the law and promising them free stuff. The only way we'll change our policy is if Texas border towns keep turning red. In that case, we'll have a wall up faster than you can say, see, say Podway. Look, I could go all day listing the accomplishments of this administration and the Democratic Party, but why not listen to our voters instead? Here's what they have to say. Not being able to afford to eat out, go on vacation, or pay our electricity bills has really brought our family together. Literally, we had to move from our four-bedroom house to a studio apartment. Thank you, Joe. Thanks to you, my daughter is the number one girls tennis player in the world. Congrats, honey. I don't know what i do without Democrats and the teachers' unions. With their help, I get to spend all day telling white kids to hate themselves. Thanks. Democrats' COVID policies forced me to shut down, and honestly, it's fine. It's, it's, it, no, it's, it's great. It's great. It's, um, I'm great. I'm, I'm doing well. Things are, things are really good. It's, it's, it's better this way, actually. Um, I, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm so glad Joe Biden forced me to. There's still two more minutes of this to go. So if you want to check out the full video, go find it on YouTube or her social media or The Blaze. Uh, but oh, my God, I love that. My 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 daughter's the number one tennis player in the world. It's a dude with a full beard and uh, an absolute great mustache. Oh, that is fantastic stuff. Which was uh, I love the comment about I, I, I love the comment about border towns. And saying, well, if 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 uh, border towns continue to go red, we'll have that wall up faster than you could say, see, say, Podway. <laughs> <laughs> that is by far my favorite Jill Biden moment of all time. See, say, Podway. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord Almighty. Oh. All right, so I, I figured we needed a little levity in and amongst the deep thinking here on uh, a deep 
thought or deep thinking Thursday, deep dive Thursday. Um, so with that, that out of the that's way, automatic one hundred dollars from uh, Dominic Izzo's totally illegitimate Ponzi scheme MLM money, right? <laughs> right, totes legit. Mm-hmm. Totes legit. So I figured we can get back to the Matt Walsh, right? Okay. So the third objection that often comes up in this this conversation about gender ideology and sex and gender, right? From the the gender theory crowd, from the transgender activist crowd, is that trans people have existed throughout history across the world. The binary is a Western construct. This has got to be, for me, the absolute dumbest argument out of all of them. The dumbest objection to the objective reality that um, there's such a thing as a man and a woman biologically, and to suggest anything else is antithetical to reality. These people want us to believe, right, that this is some sort of a construct that we've created in Western society, that the rest of the world accepts that trans people have existed. These people tend to, in my view, Pat, live in a Western bubble. They live in the Western academia bubble. They have never exposed themselves to anybody of any other culture other than their Western academia lifestyle, if you will. It's very not to mention, Not to mention, so let's just say for, for one second that there were people throughout history that, that were trans, right? And that it's, that it's always existed since the beginning of time. Can you prove that? A great example of this was actually in his documentary, What is a Woman? When he went to mm-hmm. Kenya to visit the Maasai tribe, right? Right. They looked at him like he was crazy when he suggested that a woman is a man and a man is a woman and a, a man can get pregnant. So we're supposed to believe, according to the gender ideology crowd, right, the the gender theory crowd, that the rest of the world believes in the trans construct, right? Right. No, they don't. Well, uh, there were there were men who played women's roles in Native American tribes, and all over the world, you can see that. Right, but did you ever bother to think that they still knew that that person was a man? That maybe they played feminine roles and that was the thing, right? A feminine role in their society, in their culture? But they still knew objectively this was a man. Did, did they ever stop to think that for one freaking second? But Andrew, the Native American two-spirit identity. Right, two-spirit. <laughs> the key word there is spirit, right, Pat? Right. And Matt Walsh put this the best way possible on this one. There has never been a culture before ours that believed that men 
could have babies. Such madness is uniquely modern. Nobody before us was stupid enough to believe that. It took the most educated and technologically advanced civilization in history to come up with this fantastic bullshit. (laughs) He's not wrong on that one. So he also points this out. Furthermore, Walsh noted that if trans people did exist in large numbers throughout history, but were not affirmed by any of these cultures, then the logic of gender affirmative care, that should mean that a great many of those unaffirmed trans people historically would have killed themselves, right? Instead, the historical record shows the precise opposite. Childhood suicide was vanishingly rare until very recently. In correlation with the rise in trans affirmation. I'm not going to say that he's totally right on that point, but I will say that he's that he's barking up the right tree, if you will. That we have a society that has largely given to there's no objective reality. A society that is rooted in objective reality is one that doesn't necessarily put pressure per se, but that there is some sort of actual compact that our society puts together. What the trans affirmation, the gender theory crowd wants to do is break that social compact, destroy the the familial, the societal structure that exists today. Because in, in order for them to take power and to transform our society, they have to destroy it, right? What better way to destroy a society than to start this process, right? To start with the young people, to make them believe that society doesn't affirm them. That affirmation is the ultimate sign of progress. No, it's not. I The I want a society is the most dangerous thing to a child that could possibly exist. It's why I name it that, Pat. This I wanna. I wanna be a girl today. I don't have to affirm that. I can well, say, oh, okay, so you want to play with a doll. Okay, you're you're a dude and you want to play with a doll. Go for it. Right? You want to play with a doll instead of a, a tractor. So what? I'm not affirming that you feel like a woman. I am affirming that. It is okay to be different. That's what I'm affirming. Maybe this is a conversation for another time, but is is this, wouldn't you say that this kind of mentality, this I want a mentality is out of a society that, that has never really grown up? It's never really, it's a very childlike mentality right now within our society. And, and I can I can point those roots back to this the so-called counterculture of the 1960s, right? Right. In which many of our parents grew up in that society. And what was that society about, right? Smoke dope, drop out, to affirm whatever the hell I want to do, right? That's what that society Ooh. was about. So we have parents and grandparents today whom 
were raised whom were actually part of that culture. Notice how we are the counterculture today, Pat. It that's the root. That is the root of it right there. The smoke dope and dropout crowd, right? And mm-hmm. take acid and you know, whatever, right? Do that so that you can be whomever you want to be. Look, I'm not saying as an adult you can't make those decisions and do what you want to do and do all of those things. But what many of those hippies, right, of that era figured out as they grew up that that is not actually a way to live life. You cannot possibly continue that for 40, 50, 60 years and expect to be productive in life and expect to have a life, right? Turns out living in a hippie commune comes with all of the same societal issues and structures that you're attempting to rebel against, right? It turns out that all of those things that you were sold by people like Manson, people like all of these hippie counterculture cult leaders, right? All the things that they that they sold you were lies because there are objective truths. There is no subjective reality. This goes for the same thing as we're seeing in today's world, in the tech bro world, if you will, where suddenly there's no drinking in the office, but they're taking psychedelic drugs, right? They're, they're, right. they're doping up. And because it's going to free their mind to, th- to think of the next great thing. And they, they have to uncloud their mind of, of the drug of alcohol. And, and I will agree with them that alcohol does cloud your judgment, right? That is 100% true because it is a suppressant. It retards your ability to use your motor skills and to think. But psychedelics are the answer. Free your mind, right? Drop out and let, let's let's take psychedelics in the office and, and then make sure that we're, because that doesn't have any consequences because that is the answer, right? Because you're seeking subjective versus objective realities. We're still seeing the manifestation of that culture. And, and that's ultimately what we have to defeat is that I want a culture. That's ultimately the enemy at, at hand here. And as a libertarian, I think this next argument, Pat, this next objection to, to the opposition of gender ideology and transing all the kids, right? The next objection to this position why do you care so much? How many times as a libertarian do you hear this? Why should you care? And and I see this all the time from the, because there are three really buckets of people that fit into the libertarian category. There's economic libertarians. There's social libertarians. I would argue that those are not actual libertarians. They are libertine. There's a difference between libertines and libertarians, a very important distinction. Libertines believe in no construct, believe in nothing. That's there are no rules. Libertarians should believe that there are rules, that there are structures in society, and that we can have an objective reality. But why do you care so much, right? This is for me, what they're trying to do is to get you to surrender, right? intellectual surrender. Why do you even care? It doesn't affect you. 
bullshit, it doesn't affect me and bullshit. It doesn't affect my kids or my family or because we were also sold on this, right? We're told that it takes a village to raise a child, right? Right. I am part of that village then, right? So I should have a say according to your own logic for the last 25 years. And by the by, um, remember BLM Inc.? They want to kill the nuclear family in favor of a community raising of a child. I don't have that child. That's not my child biologically. So even according to your own social compacts and your own belief systems, I am supposed to have a hand in raising that child, right? But I wanted to talk about this one because I think this is such a great idea. The article points this out. Walsh called this line of argument an intellectual surrender, and he's right. Before arguing that it was trans activists themselves who were elevating the importance of this topic, you literally throw parades announcing your sexuality and gender identity to the world. You can't put something on a flag and then ask me why I care about it. You won't allow me to not care. It's just that you want me to care in the way that you have determined and arrive at the conclusions that you have pre-approved, right? And that's what I talk about when I talk about the I want a culture. Either you affirm every single thing that I want to do in society, or you're a bigot. That's ultimately where we're going here, and that is not a way that a society can function, at least one that is not going to murder itself at the end of the day. The decline of Rome came because it was a society that decided no rules, right? It was a, it was a decline of a society that decided to be antithetical to really the, the Christian church that they began to to it was a rebellious or rebellion against that Christian faith, right? They had become so heathenistic, so antithetical to morality that they were going to wipe themselves out. And they ultimately morphed into something completely different, whether they called themselves Roman or not. But again, you won't allow me to not care about this. I have to. The, the holiest, the highest that you can be in today's social structure is if you care, if you are emotive about these issues, and to not do that, right? Why do we see all of the, the things that we see during Gay Pride Month, right? We have a, a whole month dedicated to this. And if you don't have the right gay pride flag, right? Now, I will say this, Pat. I, I couldn't get the picture that I wanted to get because the, there was a tree in the way, but there was a local PetSmart here, literally like a, a five-minute walk down the street from me, okay? Mm -hmm. And, you know, they have all the different services that they have, right, advertised on the window, right, on, right. on the various windows. One of them says grooming. Right below the grooming uh, was the pride flag during Pride Month. Could you get more accurate? <laughs> so I much? have to care, right? I have to care, but only in the way that you want me to care. Only if I affirm. And this is the problem, right? This is our problem societally. I have to affirm, otherwise I'm a bigot. No. Uh-uh. There's an objective reality here. There's a way that I would like. You, you, I have to affirm your way of life, but you sure as hell are not going to affirm mine, right? I believe in a Christian Bible. I believe in the teachings of Jesus Christ and my Catholic faith, right? Affirm me, bitches. You won't do or that, I, right? 
it, it would be it would be like me trying to make you affirm to be the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. It, you know, right. in in many because respects, why? right? Like because why? Because it's a religion right. to these people. This is right. a religious cult. Okay, this is religion to them. And if we don't understand that, we don't understand the battle that's in front of us. Okay. Because they want to murder your beliefs. They want to literally make sure you bend the knee or die. That is as simple as it comes to them at the end of it. Because what else do we see, right? Eating the Bible, all of these things. We talk about the demonic nature of all of this, right? We talk about how do you get to that point? You are so full of hate and rage, right? That your answer to people who don't think like you is to want to physically murder and harm them, to literally rip the pages symbolically out of the Bible and eat them. What else is that than a sim symbolic manifestation of rage and murder? That's what that is. And yes, I am being 100%. I'm not, I'm not being hyperbolic about that. This is a rhetorical flourish. He continues, though, to say, right, after saying that um, that you have to have a pre-approved conclusion. He continues saying, you don't have a problem with the fact that I care. You have a problem with the conclusions that I have drawn. He does then conclude by stating that he was so invested in this topic because the truth matters, and that is the ultimate answer to this objection. Objective truth trumps subjective truth every single time. I do not have to affirm your feelings because you feel them. That's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. Can I empathize with something that you might be going through? Can I listen? Yes, I can do that. But that doesn't mean that I have to affirm that. That's like a parent saying, oh, you know what? You want to go smoke drugs, right? You want to you go shoot up heroin? Go for it. Because that's how you feel. Hell no. Why? Because I want you to be as happy and healthy as possible. And shooting up heroin ain't a way to be happy and healthy. Now, he continues to say, it matters more than your ideology, meaning the truth. It matters more than your preferences. It matters more than your self-identification. It matters more than your feelings. The truth matters more than anything. It matters more than your life. And more than mine. And I agree with that. We are at that that that, that tipping point, right? We're at that teeter-totter moment where it's 50-50. In which way is it going to go? The truth matters more than anything that I can talk about here. That's why we named the show Critical Thinking. Let's critically think. Let's get to the truth. Let's find that objective reality. Nothing can have meaning apart from truth. There is nothing to fight for except for truth. Nothing to live for except for truth, as Matt Walsh points out. There's no love without truth. We have talked about that, right? The number one thing that you can do to love somebody is to tell them the truth. Whether they accept it, whether they want to hear it, whether they're there in that space with you or not. Somebody in the throes of addiction. The number one thing you can do is, is speak the truth to them. The number one thing that you can do is to be truthful. Affirming their addiction does nothing. 
but hurt and harm them. He continues, there's no love without truth. There's no joy without truth. There's no beauty without truth. There's no freedom without truth. There's nothing without truth. And that's why I won't give up for your sake or anyone else's. I, I, I can't put it any better than that, Pat. I don't know about you. No, I don't know if I could. The most loving thing that God did was give us the truth of Jesus Christ, right? His his life, death, and resurrection. The truth, the ultimate truth that Jesus Christ was the Messiah. Many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, rejected that truth over and over again. Those that didn't reject that truth lived in love, lived in happiness, lived in all of those things, right? That's why this battle matters. Otherwise, this is going to be one of the most miserable societies. You want to talk about how China wins? You want to talk about how the enemy wins? They don't even need to do anything. Why do you think they haven't attacked, right? Why do you think these things haven't gone on? We're killing ourselves. Our society is falling apart. Our ability to become or to to actually be strong. That's the ult- that's the ultimate truth that bin Laden had right in being able to attack the United States of America and in attacking the Western world. He saw that we were weak culturally, that we were weak mentally. That we were weak as a society. He was right. We didn't have what it took to go over there and just just literally obliterate that entire freaking country. We were so, we are still to this day, we've got to have the pinpoint precision and this and that, right? Where are the where are the cojones of our society? They're gone. I mean. It's like it's like um, the Roman Empire. The Roman Empire fell from the inside. We are a modern-day Roman Empire. We're falling from the inside. That's I don't think there's ever going to be against, an external right? force that takes out right. You know, it won't be an external force that takes out the United States no. or, or takes out America. It will be us. Absolutely, from the inside out. <clears throat> History doth repeat itself. Well, I mean, the mentality that we have in our culture is a cancer. Yep. It's not cancer. It's it's demonic. That's what we are witnessing. Yeah. And we are unwilling as a larger society to have that fight. That's that's the reality. And that's what we're ultimately trying to get you to realize that, well, the. We're still dealing with the nicer than Jesus crowd, if you will. Right. The Jesus was all love. Hell no. Jesus was all about truth. And sometimes that truth was really harsh. And sometimes that truth was really freaking violent. And if we're unwilling to fight, if we're unwilling to stand, if we are unwilling to say hell no to the barbarians at the gate, they're just going to eat you. That's what's going to happen, folks. 
And I, for one, don't want that. I want objective reality back. I, for one, believe that, you know, freedom, that free markets, these are things that we are that are worth fighting for. But we we're at the base level here. We're at the base of we can't even one side believes that there's a family. The other side believes in no family. The, like we're at the very basics of society. We're not even at the at the uh, you know, the John Locke and all those other things. We're at the very bottom basics that we have to rebuild and fight for. That's what this represents. They don't want objective reality. They want their subjective reality. And if you're unwilling to fight for objective reality, I, I don't have time for you. That, let's be honest about that. I have no time. And as I look at this fight, as I look at this worldview fight, I've let go of quite a bit of friendships in my life. And I'm perfectly okay with that. Why? Because I don't have time for people who don't get it. Can you be an acquaintance? Sure. But I'm not going to waste my time and my breath trying to play nice. If you don't like something that I've got to say, okay, that's fine. That's a you thing. That's not a me thing anymore. That, that's where I'm at. And if that ruins a friendship, so freaking what? You weren't my real friend to begin with. Real friends can disagree, right? Right. Real friends are not disagreeable. And real friends, by the way, believe in objective reality. If, you believe, if you're on the team of subjective reality, you're not on the team of truth. And I've got no time for you. None. That's well thing. said. And with that, Pat, your final thoughts. Don't get lost. Remember who you are. No means no. And the difference between Andrew, Andy, and Drew is professionalism, logic, and feelings. Please be smart, be safe, be kind. As always, Matthew 547. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.